0: Welcome to Understanding the Law. We can review.
1: Welcome to Understanding the Law. Your host for the program is Peter Lamont. Mr. Lamont is a business and personal law attorney and the principal of the law offices of Peter J. Lamont. The firm has offices in New Jersey, New York, Colorado, Puerto Rico, and affiliated offices throughout the country. Understanding the Law is a weekly radio broadcast discussing a variety of legal topics that affect our listeners. Please note that this broadcast does not constitute legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship with any of our listeners. As always, we welcome calls from our listeners. If you wish to discuss any of today's topics, please call our switchboard at 347-855-8831. And now, your host, Peter Lamont.
2: Good morning and welcome to episode 71 of Understanding the Law. Uh, Today, we are scheduled to have with us uh, guests Alan and Carolyn Fisher. Uh, They are both uh, world arm wrestling champions, their husband and wife, obviously, and uh, Alan is, in fact, a 26-time world champion. Carolyn is a five-time champion. Um, those of you who don't follow arm wrestling, you might know Alan from the AMC show that was on last winter called Game of Arms. And uh, we're going to uh, be hopefully chatting with them in a bit. Before we get to that, I just want to take care of a few housekeeping items. Um, First of all, don't forget that every Monday, we have added another show to the Understanding the Law schedule, and it's the Week in Review, and that's co-hosted um, with Bob Hughes, and um, it's it's really an informative show if you're looking for updates on legal news and happenings that may affect you. Uh, we talk about everything from stuff in the music industry, stuff that happens to Moms and dads and kids and companies, and so it kind of gives you a good overview of what's going on, and it, it highlights some of the most popular stories. And then, of course, we throw our our you know two cents in and uh, tell you what's going on in our minds with respect to the news. I also want to remind you that um, with any of our shows, we absolutely look forward to people calling in and asking questions and joining the conversation. Um, It always makes for a more lively show and people get, I think, more out of it. You can do that during the live broadcast by calling in at 347-855-8831. That'll take you to the switchboard. You might have to wait on hold for a short while and then you'll be brought on and, um, you know, ask your questions and uh, talk to our guests. So I think that that's a a good thing that everyone should be doing. Call in and, and let us know, you know, um, obviously, we also have Facebook page, a Twitter page, Google+, Plus, and uh, we're on YouTube. And this show, which is live right now and then can be downloaded from the iTunes store, um, we often do, or not often, also do a video of the Understanding the Law radio broadcast. And we throw that up on our YouTube channel um, Go on the channel, leave some comments. We had some really nice comments to some of the stuff that we were doing yesterday, and it's always appreciated. Um, But more than being appreciated, it is a a good way of helping me provide better content for you, helping you or helping me understand what issues are important to you, what you'd like to see or hear discussed on the show, uh, questions that you might have that you might need answered. Um, This is part of our, our outreach, our social outreach we do this to help people better understand the law, hence the name of the show. I, I am a really big believer in understanding your rights and legal obligations because it's going to make your life better and easier, in my opinion. Um, and we can get into that at another time. But I encourage you to engage with us on social media, uh, talk to us, comment, let us know. Do you like you know the format of a show? Would you like to see something else? Do you have suggestions? Do you have comments? Um, And and we're happy to discuss, uh, you know, your your comments with all of you. Um, Unless there's some major catastrophe, you're always going to get a response to a comment or a question. Um, So I encourage you to do that. So, again, the number to call into the show is 347-855-8831. You can tweet me at at PJLLaw. You know, look for us on Facebook and and, uh, uh,
3: other outlets.
2: All right, so... Well, we're still waiting for uh, Alan Fisher to call in. Uh, unfortunately, with a live show, this this sometimes does happen. So what I want to do is I want to just jump right into uh, what we were going to discuss with him, and then if he's able to call in, we'll, we'll bring him on. Um, I think that there was just some minor scheduling issue, and they should be calling in shortly. Um, but before we bring them on, let me just uh, mention to you that uh, the purpose of today's show. Uh, why, are, why do we have an arm wrestler on, or um, an arm wrestling family in, in this case? This is a law show. It's a business show. What are they going to add to it? Well, I think they're going to add a great deal. Um, we're going to talk to them about what makes a champion, and I think that that's really important to uh, to figure out because in uh, business, you know, you really have to think more, you know, than just the company itself. It, it's it's made up of people. And if you are a champion as a person, uh, you're going to be better in business. So I think we have both um, Alan and Carolyn with us right now, so let me bring them both on the air. Good morning. Good morning, morning, Carolyn. Good morning, Alan. Are you both with me? We sure are. Thanks for having us. Uh, Well, thank you very much for being on. Um, We just went through the introductions, so I wanted to uh, jump right into things. Um, And I was just explaining to our listeners the purpose of of the show. And you yourselves might be thinking, what are we doing on this show? You know, it's a legal and business show, but we provide content like this because, um, you know, my view on things is business is made up of people and you can't have a successful business without having successful people in the mix. And being successful means so many different things to so many different people. But what you and Alan have done throughout your lives and your careers as arm wrestlers really translates into sort of a business element, and I think that a lot of people can learn a lot of things from uh, the way you, that that you guys conduct yourselves in life and uh, the tenacity and hard work that you've put into your sport. So thank you for being here.
4: Oh, thank you for having us. What a great introduction! I love it.
0: <laughs> we were we were just talking about this subject uh, this morning about six thirty. About how how dedicated I am right now. I, I train in the gym for the first time in my life, pretty much. Uh, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, I leave here about 7:30 and get back here about uh, oh, between probably 11:30 and 12 o'clock. And how e- even though I you know I'm dedicated, to trying to uh, what did I say yesterday? Something like keep up with my age, Carolyn, <laughs> right? I was trying to keep up with my age. I'm basically I'm 58 years old. And I've got all these uh, these young kids, actually, as were, and, and people that are 250 pounds uh, on the show, uh, and I weigh like 160. And I'm trying to dedicate this time where I could actually do what they're doing, which is training in the gym. Um, I, it's just it's just amazing how that conversation just came up just now. We're we're talking about how hard that is sometimes, even in, in life. For husband and wife And and me as a dad You know, that sort of thing
2: Yeah, you know, I I talked about you Before you guys were were on And uh, I'll just quickly reiterate You know, I mentioned the fact that, you know Alan, you're a 26-time world champion Carolyn, you're a five-time champion Um, You guys have been involved in the sport For over 30 years Um, Alan, a lot of people know you uh, Who might not have followed arm wrestling Thanks to AMC's Game of Arms And I think that that did a lot for the sport it certainly was a, a, a well put together show uh so i think that uh, those of you who don't know arm wrestling you, you know alan from from the show um what what i want to talk about is a few things and i want to start off with, with the question of what makes a champion and i know alan your story is is a really interesting story because and if i say anything wrong you stop me right off the bat okay um my understanding of your, your history is you had some adversity as a kid. You were born with a club foot. Uh, you had you know a father who was an alcoholic. Your mom took care of you for the most part. So you struggled. You had some adversity in your life. And yet, you know, you, you at some point turned a corner and you developed into the champion that you are today. Um, and you've been... Uh, you you know, very fortunate, very lucky in the sport. You put in a lot of time and effort and you've been, you know, rewarded. But what got you to this point? And it's a relevant question to business because, you know, you've got so many people that are out there in the business world and they, they want to be successful. They want to start their own company, but they're missing that, that element of, um, of the champion in themselves. So can you talk a little bit about that, both you and Carolyn, what makes a champion?
4: Wow, <laughs> what a what a fabulous question, and and it could go in 40 different directions. But um, it for me, it's uh, really it's every day doing really what I love. And sometimes I've actually had to pare and prune down uh, some things that are maybe urgent or necessary, or I think they're kind of busy stuff. And I think of when you prune a tree or something, you you're actually pruning off things that are live. They're growing. They're perfectly viable, but They're not producing any fruit. So I've had to, as a champion, be ruthless with some things that don't serve my business or serve my life at the time. So I'm constantly – I have this big white eraser board, and I I draw, like, life maps all over it all the time. And it's very viable. It's constantly morphing and moving. And in my world as a champion, um, you know, I'm a PE coach and a gymnastic coach, and I placed fourth in Canada, and I had – over 80,000 hours of gymnastics. And I did all that with um, uh, a condition in my back that gave me tremendous pain down my left leg. And when I was younger, my mom said, well, I'm going to pull you out of gymnastics if that pain's too much. So I learned to hide it. I learned to bear it. I learned to kind of eat the pain, as it were, if anybody knows what chronic pain is like. So you learn to adapt, just like Alan did when we were younger. So we both have brought to the marriage, to our business, to our champion life, you know, fighting for marriage, keeping it together. Because you get two world champions under one roof, and it makes for a very interesting <laughs> situation. <laughs> You've know, you got two world champions under one roof. It's it's kind of it's intense. So we've had to learn to c- carve that into laser-like activity, partnership, and then giving each other free time and space. So um, how to create this champion and what makes it, how do you get out of those tough times, I, I redesign what my my goals are. I, I allow for change and movement. Sometimes, you know, when we, if we're working so hard at something like an arm wrestling and we want to beat somebody so bad, we're willing to break their arm or ours or put ourselves in danger, that's not arm wrestling. That's not living a life of a champion. So in a business, if you're pounding away at something and you've got an agenda, but your wife or your spouse or your friend or your partner is saying, you know, maybe we've got to change directions or... Maybe we've got to relook at this. Maybe sometimes it is good to stop and listen and, and, and allow for some dynamism. So that's, that's what I take to the champion life.
2: Alan, what do you think?
0: Uh, you know, I think a champion, champion is one that's always in the making, uh, never accepting the place where you are. I mean, yeah, I'm a 26-time world champion, but as time goes on, things get tougher, and I get older, and I realize that, uh, you know, when you're, you're talking about my childhood, I, I did have every, my teachers, my, my coaches, my, my friends, and, and everybody else uh, saying I can't do this and I can't do that. And, and it, I think that was the development of, um, you know, having a club foot was the development of me taking life at a, at a different angle um, looking at it from a different per- perspective and it, it gave me uh, tremendous tenacity to just move forward um, today I look at you, you know ask somebody asking me that question um, what is it that makes a champion it, you know we have this in our in our uh, in our life we have this part where you you live a champion life you think a champion life you you take care of your body like a champion. You know, I go I go to the gym three days out of the week. I see these guys in there. They're pushing it. They're pushing it. They're they're doing a tremendous amount of things. And I, I get talking to some of these guys, and they're telling me they're in the gym for an hour an hour or two, and they're and they're not eating. They they haven't eaten breakfast. Right. I'm like, wow, really? <laughs> the, the number one thing that people need. To be a champion in life, to get through the stress, to get through the trials and stuff, is you've got to feed that body right. And that's one thing that, that you know, for the past probably, I want to say, 18 years, um, staying with trying to get my nutrition from, from whole food has really made a tremendous difference in that champion lifestyle. Well,
2: you know, that's, that's a really interesting point because if you look at, uh, you know, non-athletes who are weekend warriors – the guys that are, you know, sitting in a desk all week long, um, you know, they're, they're getting coffee in the morning and they're not eating breakfast and they're not eating right and then they're tired and they're dragging. Uh, how important, I mean, do you think that nutrition is for the non-athlete, for just the guy that goes to work every day? How important uh, of an impact is it?
0: Go ahead, what, what do you think? <laughs> uh, we, <Yeah.
4: laughs>
0: this is one place where we're definitely going to be I the love same. it.
4: Well, I love it, yeah, and sometimes we're on the same page, Alan, and often we're on the same page. We hate it when we're, like, kind of going in different directions. But, um, you know, champion is a verb, and you live a champion life, so what does that mean? And it's very uh, global, and for the average weekend warrior, let's, let's say there's a professional oh, I don't know, professional cyclist or something, they go out all day long, all week long, then on Sunday they should have a day of rest because resting is good, or Saturday is a day of rest. Like, they should pick a day where they rest. For someone that is sitting in a cubicle all week, then their one day that they get should be one of activity and breathing and, and getting out there and getting some sunshine. But day to day, when we get up, we, we live that life of, uh, thriving not just surviving that I think some people we get into the drudgery if you if you ever had mud on your shoes like a thick layer of caked mud it just feels so heavy and you gotta you gotta scrape it off you gotta clear it out somehow and sometimes our bodies are like that so and um, I do a lot of massage ministry and I just say it's not just the massage coming in once a week or twice once every two weeks it's throughout the week every day for example Here's, here's just, I don't know if you want me to lay it out, but here's a typical day. When you wake up, smile. Think good thoughts. Um, look outside and just be thankful. When we express thanks, we actually release endorphins into our bodies, which is a, um, the body's healing mechanism. And um, deep breathing actually massages the organs. A little bit of stretching increases circulation. Putting some good whole foods into your system or drinking lemon water right away to begin the process the cleansing and being aware of your body as you function and then throughout the day every 20 minutes get up and move around or shake or i put on facebook um i promised all my facebook friends that whenever i heard the happy song i forget the guy who wrote it um for real <laughs> for yes whenever it, wherever I hear it, I will dance a happy dance, and so I've been in the strangest of places. But I do whatever a little a little. I don't go out, like ridiculous, so it's uncomfortable for people. But I'm still promising to kind of break out, you know, and change it up a little bit. So that's yeah. what I would say. About living that thriving life.
0: Think about your own life, there, uh, Peter. Okay, for example, and I'm not getting on you. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. in that that form of lifestyle, which which I was once at, where I was a a blue-collar worker. Mm -hmm. We owned a commercial glass door business. And, you know, your day's already packed even before you wake up. It's already set in motion. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we drink up coffee. We head off to work. But I think about the guys in the gym, actually, and, and and it's a good illustration, I think. Now, think about this real hard because I've been thinking about this daily since I talked to somebody in the gym. If you're going to go out there and work, whether it's lift weights, go to work, deal with the stress, deal with the, the everyday things, and you don't fuel your body with the right energy, with good energy, where is that energy coming from? Now, think about that with the guys working out in the gym. They, got, they obviously have some form of energy, you know, some kind of power behind them, some driving force, whether it be mental or physical or, you know, i got to look better no matter what because, you know, this girl's looking at me. Well, that energy's got to come from somewhere. You are robbing your cells and your organs and and vital parts of your body to say, I'm going to do it regardless. But at the same time, you're causing damage. You're causing what we call oxidative stress in, in the medical field and, um, Uh, in the athletic field is called free radicals and oxidative stress is something we will all die from it's our cells dying off we're killing them we have like gazillion cells in our bodies but through stress we destroy things that we actually need so when you go so when you go to work and you're not fueling your body with the right things with a good fuel you're, you're causing damage to your body. You're aging faster.
2: Yeah, and, you know, it's, it's something that I think everyone that's in the workforce needs to uh, recognize because how can you perform at your peak level in whatever you're doing? If you're an accountant, if you're a dentist, whatever it is, if you're dragging all the time, those people that are so dependent upon caffeine, and, I mean, just take a look at the, uh, the energy drink and the energy shop market now. Um, you know, people don't really know the impact of these these chemicals that they're using. Uh, things like Five Hour Energy. You know, I, I know people that um, you know take one a day uh, or multiple times a day, and that's how they get through instead of um, you know fueling their body the correct way. I, I would yeah. think that, that that's got a massive impact on your ability to perform in whatever you're doing if you're not fueling yourself correctly.
0: Yeah, I've seen, I've seen that, and, I've, you know, I, I know people personally that rely upon that sort of stuff. And it's sad to say some of these guys I've trained in the sport, and it just, you know, they know how I feel about it, but they bring it anyway. <laughs> yeah.
2: Now, you know what, do you feel that as someone who is um, you know, a, a natural eater, you're eating whole raw foods, um, you know, you're fueling yourself the right way, do you think that you have more health and power than those people that are taking shortcuts like steroids or energy drinks, things like that?
0: You know, I, I have to say yes, but um, at the level where I'm at in my sport, and, you know, I just celebrated 35 years of being in the sport this month, um, it's a mental focus thing. It's it's a mental lifestyle, too. Um, you know, I, I can't uh, help but get... Some form of doing something like driving my my car. They probably said this on the Game of Arms show. When I drive a car, when I ride a bike, when I when I have something where I'm gripping, I'm constantly mm-hmm. gripping things because it, it's like a mindset, right? It, it plays a, it plays a pretty important role in that. As far as um, you know, like everybody else, they they're not going to have that mindset. So, uh, and and I think. There's not a lot of people that actually have that. Some of the best athletes in the world, I'm sure. Um, But it's just different. You know, we live our life different, I think, uh, people that are like that.
4: Um, Can I I add a little something in here, too, Peter, about Alan? Um, He truly is uh, an exemplary uh, uh, athlete at his age and just an icon in the sport. And one of the things that... People know when he walks into a room, they go, okay, Fisher's in the house. When they walk into a competition, Fisher's here, you know. And he really has – his reputation precedes him of having a good reputation of honest, fair, has a tremendous focus, you know, has tremendous fortitude. And so what they say is he he gets into people's heads, and he's right about the mental training. And living with Alan – Every day, there's some, he, we have a little fidget box because his hands have to constantly be moving. So when I have to tell him something, I'll say, Alan, we've got to talk about something, whatever, you know. And I'm very right. dynamic and got the boards, and Alan's very linear and focused and straight. So we make a good team. Um, but when I have to talk to him, I need to give him a... Like right now, he's like working on his hands because I haven't given him his gripper because it's 7 a.m. where we are, right? <laughs> and he's <laughs> he doesn't have his gripper in his hands, so he's like working his hand muscles literally as we speak because I've got to find where his gripper is. He used to rip the fur off tennis balls, and they say that if you work out five hours, or if you do something five hours every day for one year, you'll be an expert at it. You've heard that probably. So yeah. constancy... And, you know, that. remember the movie Pursuit of Happiness? What was it about it that made it so inspiring was he did not give up. He had tremendous fortitude in the very deepest of places where you think you've taken too many hits and... Too many waves have hit you, you know. Okay, so Alan just got his gripper, so now he's happy. <laughs> he's happy, and and just even the way he uses that gripper is not, he, you know, he hands it. I love watching this. He'll someone will go, oh, you got a gripper there, you know. Right away, they want to see if they can do a personally challenge because arm wrestling just hits at the core of people. It's very primal.
3: Yeah.
4: But uh, and and so they take the gripper, and it's it's not super super hard. It's not like you can't squeeze it and close it. So the average bear can close it, right? But then they'll go, oh, well, yeah, okay, so you train with that. So they feel on par. And then Alan takes it, and I go, Alan, show them what you really do with it, because I've got the ego. Alan has no ego. you know, And he will take it between his ring finger and his middle finger, the gripper, and squeeze it between those two knuckles and squeeze it shut. And so wow. he's always finding, I guess this would be another good uh, tip for people too, in as living a champion, whether it's in business or life, always find – a unique way that you could just squeeze the extra drop of lemon out of it. You know, just create the most unique little ways. When he goes to the gym, he's climbing on different equipment, and people say, well, that's not how the way you do it. That's exactly what Alan is as a champion. He's always finding that's not how the way you do it so that he can be the champion he wants to be.
2: You know, you mentioned something uh, that I actually thought before, um, I was prepping for the show, the movie Pursuit of Happiness, and really, it, it's, it's, it's funny that you brought it up because, you know, we face adversity every day, and I know that you guys, as as arm wrestlers, you haven't won every match. I mean, you lose, and there are those people in, in life who lose, and they can never come back. They can't quite find um, the the drive to come back, and you talked about you know, that, that inner drive that was demonstrated in the movie and the, the inner drive that Alan has, how how do you develop the ability and what do you guys do? Is it faith-based? Is it something else that gives you that drive to say, all right, I've lost, I've failed, but now I'm going to move on and I'm going to put this behind me and continue? Because that's, you know, in my my world, the people that I see, Um, when they fail a lot of people they turn to drugs or alcohol and I I look at it and I say why can't you just adjust what you're doing and not give up how do you develop that ability to deal with adversity and overcome it
4: Oh, well we're both sitting here being competitive we're both looking at each other going do you want to answer that? do you want to answer that? because the most common question we have is what are the adversities you've had and how do you get through it even being married 30 years what were the worst times and how did you get through it and uh, for me, I'll just answer briefly and then tell us it over to Alan. Um, risk versus reward. At some point, um, I have to decide whatever I'm pursuing, is the risk worth the reward? And sometimes for me, uh, mine is always morphing. Okay, I, I go and try something. It, that risk isn't worth that reward for something. Um, and other things, um, I helped put up a roof in Takati for a woman who had no roof and no running water, and we created this whole campaign we went down there the risk for me to go down there and make all this happen was worth it because of the reward i i saw i literally saw this woman who was in abject poverty and ridiculous conditions sitting in a, a rain soaked house it wasn't even a house and and um and and the reward i i saw this roof over her head and running water and i even had a deadline so i the risk was far worth it Versus the reward, and sometimes it isn't. And then the other um, piece I was going to say is, for all my life in arm wrestling, uh, champion this world champ, five world titles, and and numerous national and international, I was always a driven person. And I never really had fun at it. Um, It was just a driving force in me, until I realized I went to the world championships, the last one. The first day, Friday, was... um, Left hand, and I got uh second or third i I got third went home and cried, and I was just devastated. The next day I wanted first so bad or, or no i I said i, I got to ha- at least have a silver and I remember standing in the bull pit, and it's the where you before you go up to the table, and I was all psyched up and I was getting ready, and I was just driving and had my focus and trying to get rid of the felt like crap from the day before, and I reached into my pocket I pull out this piece of paper I didn't realize it was in there in my jeans and it said I love you mama and it was my daughter uh, she was 19 at the time and she had written this little note and what it meant for me was there was unconditional love regardless of what I did first second third and it sunk down so deep into my heart it gave me permission to enjoy what I was doing right. and then I went up there and I just had the time of my life and I actually won you can see it on YouTube I got silver And the girl that I had beaten had beaten me in in Japan five years prior, so it meant a lot to me. It was personal. And she said to me, Carolyn, I knew you wanted that one so bad. And so there was just a a freedom of knowing I was still accepted and loved regardless of what happens.
2: That's really important because I think that people, you know, what she said is so true. Most people that do things in their lives, whether it's sports or work, they don't really enjoy what they're doing. They do it because... They want to be the best or they, or they feel they have to, but that enjoyment is missing. And, um, and, and clearly, I think that you make a good point about knowing that it's okay to fail. Now, Alan, what do you think as far as uh, you know, your, your failures? Because there's, there's been times in your life where you've lost, where you've had uh, um, setbacks. How do you mentally
0: talk to yourself to move past that? How do you do it? Uh, you know, for me, arm wrestling, even <laughs> being in it 35 years, is is a learning game. Uh, I went and had a uh, – well, I went to a workout up in, uh, I think it was Riverside, California. There was about 40 guys there this, uh, at that point. And I go, I go there to learn. You know, they think I go there to train, but part of training is learning. So when I said it's funny because when I said this at the end uh, after like six hours of arm wrestling, I made that comment to somebody, and and the place roared with laughter about my saying that. But when I look at adversity, it's all a learning process. I think uh, for the most part, you're either going to let the adversity affect you or you're not going to let it affect you. You know, every place in the world, every type of job, every type of athlete has uh, it's, its haters and the people that, that love you as an athlete. And we have that in our sport. And I've got so many people that, um, that don't agree with the things that I do, the choices that I make. And I look at that and I just move past it because I know who I am. And I know what I'm capable of. And, you know, bottom line, uh, like I said to someone just recently, I said, you know, uh, when I think about adversity, adversity comes in, in so many different ways. And one of the ways in which it comes is thinking that, it, I guess it's a pride thing. It, pride it, pride is, is something that comes at us and wants us to, to lift ourselves up wants us to uh, think of some, think that we're somebody that we're not. And I said to this person I was talking to, I said, I said, you, you, know, you see all these muscles? You see all this power? You see me training and all this stuff? I said, I, and I, I capped on the arm wrestling table, and I said, this table is going to be here far beyond what I am. I said, I'm going to be in the dust, and this table is going to be here. So who the hell am I? what am i that I, that i could be so proud of of all these accomplishments i said you know bottom line god made me who i am he he brought me in life he gave me all the abilities and powers and strength and mindset everything is from him so you you do have this the 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 part about pride that we have to get by you know i'm, right. I'm a great boss or I'm, I'm 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 the best employee there is blah 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 you can soon be taken down. You know, like the Bible says, it says that bodily exercise profits little. Well, think about it. When you think of guys like like Arnold Schwarzenegger, for example, just take him when he was younger. Look at the size of that monster. Mm-hmm. And look at today as age gets to it. Or look what the things that he did to his body ha- has gotten to him. Yeah. So we can't let pride destroy... Um, you know, humility, as it were.
4: Confidence versus
0: pride, I
2: guess. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, what I'm I'm taking from what you're saying as far as overcoming adversity, you know, it seems to me like uh, you, you don't necessarily look at it as I've failed. Rather, you look at it as a learning experience, and that's so important because if you focus on the negative, then that's what you're going to become as opposed to focusing on, all right, I've learned something, and now I'm going to, um, you know, change the way I'm doing something to make it better or have a different outcome the next time around. So I think that's really important. Um, you know, I'm we have – I'm well, sorry, if Al, go
0: ahead. I could, I, if I could um, just say something I learned, uh, we've been in network marketing for almost 20 years. And one of the things that, that, that like, it, it hit me when they said, like, what, what's the difference between someone who is a millionaire and someone who is not? And they said what makes millionaires is that they, they take adversities, as it were, things that they come up against, and they deal with those small things and they get past them, every single one of them, no matter what they are. They, they hit things head on, they move past it if it gets in their way, and go on to the next thing.
2: Right, right. Uh, you know, I have a question that uh, somebody's just written in they'd like to know. It's a little bit off topic, but it's uh, you know question for Alan. Question is, Alan, what was your most satisfying moment? It's someone who is a big fan of Game uh, Game of Arms, and I'm going to interpret this to mean your most satisfying moment of your career.
0: Oh, okay, um, I'll, I'll your give, favorite I'll, win. I'll, <laughs> I'll give you that. I'll give you that in two ways. When it comes to the Game of Arms, my battle with uh, Craig Thuyer, mm-hmm. um, uh was was epic. It was unbelievable. Here we've got this like muscle-bound monster that's got like almost 30 pounds of muscle on me and we got in some of the best battles I think we've, I've had, uh, at least definitely on the show. Um, probably the best thing that ever happened to me when, when I think about arm wrestling is taking a loss. When I was dominating in the sport, I mean, I was really dominating the sport. I, I was only an amateur from August of 1979, and I won my first professional world title in December of 1980. I was on a winning streak, and it's like I wasn't going to be knocked down. I was just going to just continue to just beat everybody. And my first loss was awesome. It really helped me. It really right. helped me sport thinking that there was something beyond just a winning part.
4: I have to agree with that, that I didn't really grow in my sport uh, in, in arm wrestling until I had the first loss, and they have what's called the crybaby bench. And after <laughs> after a match, sometimes there's a little area because guys cry and women cry, and, and they have to go somewhere to unload some of that emotion before they get back out onto the stage or wherever the table is. And, and that's what's made Alan so amazing is that he – he doesn't take his loss in a normal way. That's why he becomes such an enigma. He doesn't um, go and get all emotional. He, he goes, hmm, okay, that didn't quite work for me there. What do I do next? Okay, and he studies people, and he's, he studies their moves, and he'll watch them. And, uh, you know, I, I remember someone saying, what was it like to win the world championship, Carolyn? And I said, I really don't know, because – At the moment I had won, I was just right away thinking about the next person I had to beat and the next competition. So I would, um, in my um, lifetime, I would take away and, and suggest or give this, offer this to people. Take time to appreciate and enjoy each and every moment win loss or learning or indifferent or whatever if you if you've got your kids and you know this is kind of interesting and people say come on kids we're going to go enjoy this because this is what we're doing this is our agenda to enjoy and they go out sailing or whatever and they're so freaked out about the quality of the boat or how they're cleaning it or whatever the kids don't enjoy it anyway so what's the deal yeah you went sailing you got your agenda done but did you enjoy it
2: yeah yeah it's true you know here's another question for you alan um I, I, this is playing off of what you had talked about earlier. Um, those of, of, of the listeners that know you, they know that you have a very strong faith. That you put good quality stuff into your body. That you know you're a very positive energy guy. And this one question is interesting because it, it deals with uh, some of your teammates uh, as they were depicted on Game of Arms. And I know it's a TV show, but I think that this uh, the person that's asking this question. They want to know how your lifestyle um, sort of interacts with other members of your team, and in particular they're talking about Kenny Hughes, because Kenny was was shown on the show to be uh, the complete opposite of your lifestyle. He was a beer drinker and had all sorts of, of issues, a good wrestler, but uh, the, the way the show portrayed him, he wasn't living up to his potential because he was doing things that were adverse to um to his body you know is first of all is that depicted accurately and secondly um you know how do you view that I mean, you seem to have a different lifestyle how does that you know all play out um
0: you know that there's there's nothing scripted on that show everything you see is as live as it can get i mean it's uh, that that is kenny and you know, who am I to say, you know, whether you know you know, Kenny Kenny has problems. Well, I had problems in my past too. You know, I I can't really look at others Kenny and any anybody else and say, you know, that guy's an idiot or, you know, that you know, you say that guy needs help, but you you really gotta have, you know, some understanding that, you know, we all came from the same lump you know, as it were. You know, we're all part of the same clay. Um, you know, it's, it's difficult sometimes when, see, this is where pride comes in. Um, I want to say in my, in my own flesh, I want to say, well, I'm not like that. I don't drink like that. I know how that screws up my body, but I was there. I've been there, done that. I mean, I went through the alcohol, I went through the drugs. I went through, you know, those, those form of lifestyles, had a, had a, a mouth that was just disgusting, Right. It's by the grace of God that I am different. It's not that I am different. it's because you know God has awakened me, and you know kenny and, and a lot of my my friends out there they need awakenings and and I pray that in in mercy these guys be awakened in a way in which they don't get hurt right you know um they're just hurting their themselves and their bodies just like I was when I was doing drugs. you just don't realize that you're in a thing where uh, a lifestyle that is acceptable to everybody, you know everybody 's doing it type thing right, or you you're out there you want to you want to run with the crowds you know when, when when God gives life to a person, you realizes that all the abilities he has is really for him, you know god himself he he helps you recognize that you can be different, you can be new. And that's that's what you know. I have that newness of life because of him. I think too, if I could
4: say, Alan has a deep, deep compassion and empathy for others, and that's very evident. And everybody knows that worldwide is that one thing Alan has is he's so driven, and yet he has this compassion for others. And you know, my dad used to say, "Well, I cried because I had no shoes till I met a man with no feet." And and then I remember one time walking somewhere, and I had my daughter, and she was like a perfect little daughter, and. She just did everything I wanted her to do. And there was a lady with a kid that was just acting ridiculous. And the lady turned to me and said, you just wait. And I remember years later thinking, why, why did she say that? It was because she felt that judging, that judgment in my – and everything I could judge, yeah, clearly, because look at my kid. But then, then life happens. <laughs> and right. we're now – our daughter is 25 and our son is 22, and we've been through every kind of thing and storm. And I have no judgment whatsoever. In fact, I wish I could go back to that woman and say, I'm so sorry I looked at you that way. So, you know, we all are walking around with wounds and some of those wounds are not scars yet. They're not healed and, and, uh, and so sometimes we have pain and we cover it up with a lot of different things. And, you know, we've known Kenny many years and Alan has always been a faithful friend to so many of the arm wrestlers and that's that's what you've got to take away from this is when you see um, challenge, people challenged like that, love them, don't judge them, be their friend, allow God to do the working and timing, and, uh, you know, just be there.
2: No, I think that's uh, it's really, really um, evident in, in, in the show. First of all, I'm happy to hear that Game of Arms was not, uh, not scripted because so many of the reality shows our script and i think that um, that's what really i think drew people to the show because there was a there was a genuineness to the show and but alan you know throughout the show i mean you were really people could connect to you even if they didn't know you before the show you were just a nice guy a likable guy and i think that that people could see um, that in you versus some of the other guys um you know, in particular, someone like, like Travis Bajan. Now, he is the complete opposite end of the spectrum, uh, as, as far as pride goes. We're talking about pride. Um, you know, he, if people remember, he has a tremendous amount of pride and is, uh, very, very, um, you know, boisterous, uh, throughout the whole show. How do you, do you, do you get along with him, first of all? Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. Tra- Travis is a pretty cool dude. You know, um, He's like he's he's like that you know like Carol said that's his product that's who he is, uh, and in competition you know, with, without the the expletives coming out of, out of his mouth, <laughs> you know Travis Travis is is amazing I mean he is so strong and so driven that guy has got. The, the mental capacity to scare the daylights out of anybody that even wants to challenge him.
4: And he's also super funny. I mean, he was the MC for, like, he handled this big tournament that was in Vegas done by WAL, W-A-L which was just a fabulous tournament and well done by Steve Kaplan putting it together. And Travis was there like funny and he he kind of skirts the edge of things. So, so that's his product. That's who Travis is. They, one thing i got to credit A&C is they took the authenticity of each person and their character and their life and then kind of just zhuzhed it up a little bit and gave it a sheen. For the for TV, which is a wonderful balancing act that I have, we have to hand it to Matt Renner and Ethan Prochnick, the producers, who actually would come over to our house and and they would they told us that you know there were some people that they they were acting and they'd have to say, look, we want you to be the real deal. We want you to just be who you are. So they'd right. come over and stay with us and, and just hang out with Alan and I, I, we, we just have to credit them for bringing that authenticity. And Travis is Travis and he just brings this really loud, boisterous, cool, intense guy. In fact, Alan, you were competing at Vegas and I don't know if you heard this because you were so in the zone, you get up there and he said, calm down, Alan, you're too old for this or something like that. It was just, <laughs> the whole crowd just roared. <laughs> you're going to hurt something.
0: Yeah, you can see that. If if anybody has not watched that yet, they did a great job of editing it. It's on uh, walunderground.com. Some awesome videos uh, of that last tournament where Carol and I both actually went in there and just destroyed our competition and uh, both went out champions. All right, guys, I think we have a a caller. So I'm going to bring a caller on, and and let's
2: see what uh, this person has to ask. Hi, caller. Welcome to the show. What's your name and what's
3: your question? I don't actually have a question, I do have a name, and I'd like to start off this call by saying, you have two of the most wonderful pe- people that I know in your studio at this time. They are gracious, they are humble, and they love unconditionally. They are the antithesis of what our sport is about. My name is Cobra Rhodes. Uh, How are you, Cobra? I know who <laughs> you are. So awesome.
4: Thank you, Cobra. <laughs> he knew in, in one syllable that was Cobra. Oh, you're awesome, Cobra.
3: <laughs> I love you guys. I love you too. <laughs> the show sounds great. Glad to hear you guys out there promoting what we do. I'd like to thank the station and the host for having you guys on.
0: Yeah, thank cool. you for made my day,
4: man. Oh, you're you're awesome, Cobra. We can't say enough about you just how how glad we are that you're in our lives, and we we've just loved you right from the start. And you are the epitome of authenticity, and just this really, really special person. I just a treasure.
0: You know, Peter, you you've got one of the greatest arm wrestlers in world history on your show. Not just me, but Cobra, Cobra, and I will will stand the test of time as being two of the most knowledgeable, uh, fastest, powerful just taking down the competition until he and I are going to make it to the very end and battle yeah. against each other. Yeah, hey, America loves a comeback, don't they?
3: You know
2: what, yeah. Cobra, you're
0: Found.
4: very... Uh, Cobra's the icon.
2: <laughs> you know, Cobra, you're very much like Alan in, in so many ways. At least that's how it was, uh, you know, sort of portrayed on the show. You know, you, you both have those inner values. Um, you know, n- neither of you were big, loud-mouthed kind of characters. You were very humble... And you both dealt with with losses, and, and uh, you know persevered, and there was this inner drive. Uh, do you do you think that you you guys are alike? Uh,
3: I, I I think in in many ways Alan and I are alike. We're just we're just different vessels, you know. I mean, we're I believe, and we don't live in fear. Now, something that's important I, I think is the fact that we we both. Have come to a time in our lives that we realize that you never know when, when you have a, a problem with someone in your life, and say a relationship or a co work or something, and like, oh, you'll you'll never change. They'll say that in the in the in the, in the heat of the moment. And right. the thing is, we, Alan and I, and Carolyn and, and others in our fellowship, we, we realize that we are forever changing. And we are what we are. We love unconditionally, and on we go. Now we've had our wild days in competition and in life as well, as they makes some of these kids on the show look like amateurs.
4: <laughs> but <laughs>
3: huh? but uh, we're we're a little long in the tooth now and a bit wiser as well. So so we're we're just blessed and thankful to to still have oxygen in our lungs and, and, and to, to see each other and our loved ones and, and do something that, that we really treasure. And arm wrestling is, has brought us together, and we're thankful for that.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah.
3: Helen, yeah. you, do, you,
2: uh, do you see a lot of yourself uh, in Cobra?
0: Yeah, you know, Cobra is a different cat. I can tell you that. I mean, there 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 aren't very many people like Cobra who who goes up there just humbly, as it were, uh, compared to his his opponents, and he takes them out like like they should never have come to the table in the first place. <laughs> I mean, these guys are amazing. So, yeah, we actually do have a lot in, in common in, in that respect. You know. Um, I love I love his humility. I mean he, he is so right, man. We were both in a place where we were both screwed up pretty bad. But um uh, you know, the, the the age thing I think is uh is the thing that, that we have to look at. We're Cobra and I we have to admit that we're both getting older and we got all these young kids coming after us and not only young kids, but these are guys that are like some of the best there is in the yeah, world.
3: Training training from the get go and coming up a lot of these kids are, are the offspring. Of competitive arm wrestlers as well, so it's it's in their DNA, and they've been looking at guys like Alan and myself, and they're making their chops.
4: I you have to what? say, too, about um, Hi, when we were at a tournament, a very large tournament, I think it was in Vegas, and Covert was up to get trained. This was a world there were there was just people from all over the world, the top, and I remember Cobra was yeah, at. I broke a, my rib. Yeah, he was in a place in his life where there were a lot of things hitting him, and I could kind of see him. We hadn't really spoken. Mm Lots. There's so much going on at a tournament, and I remember he got over to the. I don't know, Cobra, whether you came over to me or called me.
3: Yeah, we connected.
4: Yeah, yeah, and his. He literally had a rib either dislocated or fractured or something. So I called upon a couple gals that I knew from Germany that had really good um, skills and.
3: Hmm. (laughs) Petra Spath. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
4: and then there was a doctor, and we all came around, and I remember looking at Cobra square in the face, and I said something really powerful to his very soul. Mm-hmm. He looked right at me, and, and at that moment, and, and I know, Peter, this is what you were asking about what it's like with adversity and how does a champion live. Cobra, at that very moment, this is why I have so much respect for him, as a champion, heard the words, of another champion, and it was him at that moment making that decision to, like, step right over the adversity, con- discipline his mind, and, and, and go where he needed to go, whether it was breathing, we had to find a happy place, it was, like, mm-hmm. overcoming. You had to sort through, was it really worth it, the risk? Ver- and in that split second, he kind of overcame all of that and went up there, and it was some of his best matches of his life. It was just, I was crying when I watched it. It was so powerful, you remember
3: that was oh, that show. was painful, Carolyn.
4: Yeah, that was painful to overcome that. You, Peter, you want to talk about adversity, that's pain right there. and that's. Yeah,
3: that was the first time I had ever broken a rib. And yeah. to do it arm wrestling, that was ridiculous.
4: Yeah. There you, <laughs> you know, go, some, Peter.
2: <laughs> something that I want to talk about, and, and Cobra, as long as you're here and you have a second, you want to just uh, stick around for a minute, mm-hmm, uh, we'd be sure. happy to have you. Uh, you know, Alan, Carolyn, and Cobra, you all do something that I think is oftentimes forgotten about by by people who have abilities, whether it's in business or otherwise, uh, and that is people that have skills and have learned things oftentimes keep it quiet, and they refuse to help other people. They refuse to give away information. They think that by doing so, they're going to hurt themselves. What you guys do, I've seen. You train other people. You help other people. You take some of these up-and-coming guys and, and, you know, you you teach them what you know. And it's um, the equivalent of of social responsibility in business where, you know, you've got to give back to people, give back to the community. How important is it for for you guys to give back to people?
3: May I? I,
0: Yeah, go ahead. I'd say for me... (laughs) It's been like that since day one. Um, as right. soon as I, I grabbed my first opponent, I was I knew something was up because, I don't know what it was like for you, Cobra, but for me, I was actually feeling every finger pressure on my hand. I was feeling the angle of the wrist. I was looking at his angle of his body. And for, from that day forward, my, my first tournament there at Magic Mountain in August of 1979, I knew that I would become an arm wrestler. I knew that I would become a coach, a trainer, a mentor, and I I, I personally, you know, I was just speaking to Brandon Dye. I'm not sure if you know who he is, uh, Peter, but Cobra does. And, I, you know, I, lo- I love that man to death and, and he realizes now that his purpose is, is like mine, is to have, uh, to show himself a representative of, of the light that God gave him. But What's interesting about Brandon is the first time we arm wrestled, um, I pretty much uh, took him out uh, fairly easy, and he couldn't understand it. So after the competition, I showed Brandon what he needed to work on, what he needed to do, and I'll actually show my opponents how to beat me and let them develop what they need to beat me. Now, I don't show them everything because it's almost impossible to show people things like that, but you show them enough where – you get more of a challenge. So um, I was just speaking to Brandon yesterday, and he's asking me what he needed to do against Corey Miller, uh, or what you know, how I would do it, or how he might need to do it. And I'm so um, it, it makes me so happy to hear from from these guys that just to ask my opinion about different things. I mean, Cobra, you, you you've got to you've got to know this yourself. Absolutely. Um, Somebody comes to you and says, you know, what 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 would work best? I mean, what an honor that is. Yeah, I, I've
3: always the, the thing that I that I felt from it in the beginning when I started, almost when I was 14. the say well, 80, 79, 80, right behind uh, Alan, but I was on the East Coast, and so I didn't get out to Cali and uh, like uh, the Petaluma show that Alan was dominating for so long. Which at that point I, it was best I wasn't out there because. I might have quit had I run into Alan back then. <laughs> but uh, I think that a uh, cat like Alan and and his wife A, and and the people that, that that love unconditionally is that they we want to pass the torch, and we want to pass it on to responsible people, not people that are representing that stigma. Yet we don't shun them as well. Those that uh, not to judge, but act a fool at times. Mm-hmm. Every, everyone is welcome. And our subculture for all these decades has only fed itself. So we've, every one of us, from the guy that wins the world title to the guy that goes 0 and 2 at the local event, every single one of us from Alpha to Omega has had to be it. We were it. Us, a big family all around the world, and we know that. When you, Alan and Carol will tell you, if you fly to Latyskoska, Valania, and hop on a motorcycle and drive 100 miles, there's an arm wrestler somewhere in Eastern Europe. There's an arm wrestler 200 miles outside of Warsaw, Poland. There's one in Kajikistan. There's one in Sri Lanka. There's, when you go somewhere, use social media and say, hey, I'm in Bora Bora. Guess what? the family of arm wrestlers are going to come out and we'll have fellowship. That's it's it. a wonder, wonderful, it's... wonderful, wonderful, wonderful experience. And uh, I'm just blessed and so thankful to be a part of our sport and we have to, to live and love with people like the fishes. It's unbelievable. Now, mind you, when Alan and I are at the table, you know, we're... Uh, we're
0: <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh,
3: you know, um, it's uh, it's very real, it's very raw, and if you can't eat pain, think about tic-tac-toe, because it, it's, a, it's a test as well, besides the, the spiritual and the emotional and the preparation that you have to do mentally uh, for something at the level that the fishers compete at.
4: Yeah. You want to arm wrestle, <laughs> Peter?
3: Uh, you have to. <laughs> Not you against you guys, really, no. <laughs> you have to learn a friend of yours, because... It, it's going to force itself at your front door.
2: You know what's so interesting about the sport and, um, you know,
3: in particular, Game of Arms, which
2: really did such a great job of uh, of giving some uh, mainstream attention to it? My, my take is this. I saw the show. I watched it. Um, I, I saw the guys. And there was something about each and every one of of you guys that was just, you know, a genuine, uh, nice, nice, People, honest people, hardworking people, and in my profession, and, and unfortunately, you know, it's it's a reality, and a lot of people don't want to talk about it. But there are a lot of lawyers out there that are bad people, and they're just focused on themselves, and they're focused on how much money they're going to make for themselves. They don't want to help other people. They they don't care about others. But you know, you guys all seem to be, and I don't know if it's it's the sport or or, or what is it about you guys, but you're all you you know for the most part honest hard working you know god fearing people do you guys see that amongst your uh, your peers uh,
4: that's a it's a big cross section you know arm wrestling is so primal it's been going on since the days when they had a scorpion on either side you know in the arm wrestle um but that, it's a it's a cross section, but we do represent all that is uh good and camaraderie someone once said it seems that arm wrestling is the only sport where you are actually helping your opponent be better than you and that's what we always encourage i i admire alan for workouts the guys come over they hang out and there's like a brotherhood here and i kind of listen in sometimes it's the guy cave and i know when i you know (laughs) don't need to hang out there of course i'm I'm, I'm the den mother, and I'll come out there, and they all respect, you know. <laughs> <And> <laughs> she and brings
0: us food. <laughs> I bring them food, and they kind of
4: keep it down low. You know, they keep it kind of, you know, respectful, and then I yell at them for leaving all their water bottles all over the place or whatever, but we have a great time, and there's just a real tremendous camaraderie. And I have heard sometimes um, our our arm wrestlers in our group, they'll say they've gone to other arm wrestling groups, and all it is is the big arm-smashing session, there's no training and there's no teaching. So Alan does create a unique uh, a, arena, but I, I think Cobra would agree that there's other groups that are um, arm wrestlers and other groups that are really
3: Ego-driven. more
4: camaraderie than, than not camaraderie. So it's, it's just a cr- cross-section, I think.
3: Yeah, yeah. There, there are those ego trainers that, I mean, they'll take a young buck into training and the kid will quit before it he really grasps anything because he goes to practice and gets hammered for three hours, and then he can't pick up his fork at breakfast.
4: Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs>
3: Why am I going to do this? I, I you know, the buddies that he was beating before he started arm wrestling are beating him now because his arm is torn to bits. But right. I yeah. mean, my, myself, I when I'm working with people, I, I'm I'm on a slow motion tip, and I, I want them to feel arm wrestling. You know, and, and I can give you pieces of of my style you know, uh, everyone. Alan's style is many times imitated. It's never duplicated. So people, people can uh, get a taste of it and understand the proper ways to set up and the procedures in, in, in your pinning and your defense. But everyone has to make it their own. There is no two arm wrestlers that are exactly the same. It's, you know, here we go again. Uh, be like water. You know, it, it really... The, the moves, the techniques are infinite and so are some of these athletes' hearts, as you've seen.
0: Cobra, yeah. yeah. Did I hear you use the word feel? Because, yes. you know, if you did, that's one of the, my focuses right now is, and it's the most difficult thing to actually teach uh, uh-huh. armrests is how to feel. How to uh,
3: feel. Yeah.
0: Different but Positions, angles, strengths, all that stuff. The intuitive
4: side of arm wrestling. It's
0: really, really difficult to do that.
3: Yes, and I I mean, Alan, if you know from, I mean, if you look at my style, another thing besides feel that that I'm that I'm nonstop pressing into into the guys that I work with is be comfortable at the table. If you're comfortable, (laughs) can be an easy day, and and it's it's really you'll see when someone gets it. You know, I spent almost four years training with Craig Dullier two, three times a week when I was in Louisiana, and he got it. You know what I mean? When someone gets it, it's got very it. exciting to me because then you see their growth. and they. You know, I,
0: I call that relaxed intensity.
3: There you go. There you go. Be comfortable at the table, and Something's gonna happen. The referee's gonna say go, and something's gonna happen. So I, you know, in the in the heat of the battle, you know, you, a lot of people will ask you, "What should I do with him?" He gave me, he beat me last match. What should I do? I said, "I'll tell you what. I got a novel idea. When you get up there at the table, pin him.
4: <laughs> <laughs> because
3: oh, what you know, to tell to tell these youngsters so many things. Oh, you have to tweak here and jack here on your hand. Besides the basics, stand your arm up." <laughs> Get a fair yeah, yeah. start. You know, they've got to walk it because right. you can't be in them. No matter all the, you know, I, I hear a lot of guys after talking to me, Cobra, thank you so much. I wouldn't have done it without you. And it's like, stop right there. You did it. <laughs> you know what I mean? You did that. I could, if I, if I had done it. That match would have been over 10 seconds earlier, okay? You did <laughs> <laughs> You know? So it, it, it's, real, it's rewarding. I love to see people's growth. But, yeah, it would be great if, if I had more time. And, Alan, I'm sure if you had more time, you would love to be able to help people uh, on the technical uh, end of the sport for safety as well as to advance their technique and their careers in, in arm wrestling. As, as we see, it's becoming more lucrative to uh, rub chalk on your palms and grunt Saturday afternoons. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it's Carolyn. not too bad. You know? yeah, I Carolyn. look at a kid like Ethan Fritchie at yes, 22. Yes,
2: C- Cobra, give me one second. I, I want to talk about Ethan in a second, but I have a question for uh, Carolyn that came in. She, Carolyn, uh, this this um, asker wants to know, how do you balance all of your responsibilities when your kids were little? I find myself with my small business and family and I feel like I'm always going to drop the ball. So how did you do it?
4: <laughs> I let some of those balls drop, actually. <laughs> There's a lot of broken plates on the floor. <laughs> no, I um, sometimes I, uh, I just got through survival mode. Other times I used a schedule. I, I would, um, you know, be driven and just plow through things. Other times I just stopped, shut down the house, put on the air conditioner, got some Play-Doh, and let the kids play. And, other times I'd morph things, like I homeschooled our kids, so the cat brought in a dead bird, and I, oh, there's biology, and um, <laughs> I just had to be okay with saying to someone, you know what, we're we just can't get involved with that event and that program. I gave myself permission to to let some things go, knowing that some people will be hurt or mad or frustrated, or the pressure will be on someone else. The, the intensity will be on someone else if I fit, didn't do something. Another thing was I was always, I learned to be clear with my communication from the beginning that I didn't always have to say yes to something. I didn't always have to be the answer. I had to set up some boundaries. And the first time when I said to someone, you know, that just won't work for me, that was a freeing statement. That just won't work for me. I didn't have to explain why, because this and the kid and that. and, this and that. I just said, you know, that won't work for me right now. And they just had to be okay with that. And then um, so that was how I got through balancing things. And there was a time when I had to make a decision. When I went to Japan for the world championships, I had to decide, this is going to take a chunk of time out of our lives. And right now with Alan, with the Game of Arms, we're still waiting to hear about second season. Alan's got a competition in Chicago. He is gone a lot. We live a life of semi-retirement because of our our business right now, so it's good. And I'm, we just had this conversation. Okay, Alan, how much of this is going to take away from us?
0: This is like at 6:30 this morning. I'm not kidding. <laughs> how much of
4: this <laughs> take away from us? Because I'm kind of like an arm wrestling widow. You're you're gone a lot. Please, Alan, don't don't miss this little piece. And I don't want to stress him out, so I, I give him the honey-do list and give him a date, and I say, okay, these few things I really need done, and these can wait. So I, I kind of just get really clear with communication, uh, and I, I, I say to him, okay, well, are you going to be gone for the next six months in a way, e- emotionally? Are you going to be checked out? Uh, can you come back? Can we do date night? You know. Two weeks
0: before competition, Oh, a, oh, there's yeah, no consistent.
4: talking to them. <laughs> yeah. So how do yeah. I balance it? When yeah. someone figures it out, I want to read their book.
2: <laughs>
4: <laughs> right. Best you can, and, and give yourself permission to set
2: boundaries. But you know what? You know, you guys have been together for a very long time, and that's uh, something that's not so common anymore. So something that you've, you've done
3: has worked.
4: Yeah, we silently high-fived when you just said that. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
3: yeah. a, a yeah. lot, a lot that the fishers have done has worked. Not just, uh, <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> over. We we, on, uh, we
4: ourselves as companions and friends. Uh, we love the Lord, and that's and so uh, such a blessing. Uh, we're always um, seeking the Lord about things and praying together, and and, um, and we're friends. We find you know arm wrestling has been a common thing. We've never taken our kids with us to tournaments, it's been our thing. Some people take family stuff and do that with arm wrestling, but not us. That was our time that we carved out for ourselves. What else, Alan?
0: You know, one of the things that helped us uh, many, many years ago, we owned a commercial glass and door business where I worked 18 hours a day for like 12 years straight. And one of the things that, that helped Carolyn, because me not being there, seeing my kids grow up, is she started to begin to understand the, what was it the, the book called understanding the male temperament by a guy named tim Lahey? it's written i think in the 70s and i think that really radically changed our whole life to this day because it one thing you have to understand is you have to understand that we are all different people we think differently we act differently our actions you know everything we do is is different um and that book really opened Carolyn's eyes as to who I was as a choleric individual. Um, and, you know, we're a combination of different personalities. But that really helped. And from that, um, Carolyn's always been a reader. She's always been one to actually pick up a book and find out different things. So that, that's probably one of the greatest things that helped us. And then here's, here's the thing. We all need instruction in life in every area of life. For us, our instruction comes from the greatest wisdom you can have, which is God's instruction. You want to know something about how to get through life or how to help this person or deal with this issue, just pick up the book and read. And we we you know, we always will go back to what God says is best for us. He only wants what's best for us. Not what harms us, but what's best. So we always have His Word speaking to us about how to get through the issues. Um, Also,
4: um, yeah, I'm reading right now, and this might be a shameless plug. And forgive me, but the the Secret Lives of Men by Christopher Blade. We're um, having him on our radio show, too, uh, soon. But that was a very important book for me to realize that men have certain, well, it's just very insightful. So I always read and always tried to understand. And Alan doesn't say a lot a lot of times. He's not, he always says this, that he's not the greatest communicator. But the one thing I do appreciate about Alan is that when he, he weighs what he says before he speaks. And everybody, you know, the kids always joke about me just talking out my butt. uh, I just have this, you know, talk all the time. But Alan really weighs what he says before he speaks, and he's real careful. So he doesn't, you know, he's got a lot of tremendous insight, and uh, I appreciate that about him. So in our marriage, we've made it last long because I think, and believe me, we've been through some really, really deep times and tough times, but... um, we appreciate each other's uh differences and we focus on our our gifts and our strengths
1: as we
0: got older we realized we have to tolerate each other more
2: <laughs> <laughs> cobra i cut you off before um you were you were just about to mention something i was going to ask you about which is uh you know you working with ethan um so you want to go back to that for a second
3: mm-hmm. uh, sure yeah well ethan is a You know, his DNA is off the charts, but I've known his dad for 20 years, and I've arm wrestled with him since he was 12 years old and just watched his growth. But what I was saying was uh, there are guys like this, that, guys at Alan and my age, that they're unrelenting. Their bodies haven't even learned how to do it 100% now but they're so strong and so resilient. It's, it's very, I'm, I mean, I'm not a crybaby here, but I am a little bit. And I'm sure Allison would never share that, that it stinks sometimes. But it does to have to keep up with these guys. But it's, the, it's just the fire in your belly. Do you want it or do you not? And I am going to let you enjoy the fissures for the rest of the show.
2: Thank you very much for calling in,
3: Cobra. We appreciate yeah, it. I had I, I, to when I heard my fam was on there. Oh,
2: uh, you're awesome! Thanks. No.
3: Love you, see you guys, and we'll right, see you in over. two weeks in Chicago. Yeah, Bye-bye. awesome. Well, now, well.
4: I was going to say, Peter, too, about that. Alan's getting older. He knows that. He's said that a couple times. And one thing that's really cool about Alan is he finds a way to reinvent himself in a way. And so this arm wrestling, you know, he's we we just had this conversation as, in the family. Um, what are you going to do, Alan, are you going to just keep going, and do you quit on top, you know, do you you just quit while you're on top, and a lot of people are saying that, like, Alan, just stop, you're already this uh, this legend, you know, in the sport, you're a living legend, and he said, well, I'll quit when I know, when God tells me I'm ready to quit, and and when he's ready to stop, and maybe he'll become a sportscaster, or I don't Mm -hmm. know, but he's... As long as he's training right now and he's going, he's going to keep going and train and and win. And I, you know what, Peter? Tell me what to say to Alan because I don't know what to do with him.
2: <laughs> you know, I think that um, hopefully they 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 come back with a second season of Game of Arms because I, I really thought it was um, a, a good show. Because if you, you look beyond the the action of the show, the actual sport, what was really nice to see was. Um, the character behind some of these guys, you know, including both of you. And it was just so refreshing because in the business world, you are faced with people that just are unscrupulous. They, they've lost their morals. They've lost their way. And to, to, to look at a show on TV and kind of see that in people again, it's refreshing. Um, we, we only have about uh, 13 minutes left, and I want to make sure that we talk a little bit about your business right now. So, who wants to start and, and, and tell us about what you're doing with your business right now?
4: Our business. Our business is a franchise of Whole Foods fruits, vegetables, and capsules with um, an aeroponic hydroponic way of growing fruits and vegetables on a tower garden. So, we've been doing that for 18 years. Um, it's a, a wonderful company that is, you know, pays the. Pays the mortgage and then some, and uh, I do massage ministry, vessel ministry um, in my home, and I coach gymnastics. And we speak; we do public speaking, and so we go various places. So we're we're just entrepreneurs in that way, just living our lives and really enjoying. Um, a semi-retired life, I guess that's what we do. Our, our goal is to just travel. We want to m- go to every waterfall in California at some point. Our bucket list <laughs> We'd love to travel and speak and share what it's like to live a champion life.
0: You know the kind of business we're into. We can take it anywhere on the planet. I think our, our company is actually in 26 countries uh, to date. Uh, we've been in this for about 18 years. I, I you mentioned to you earlier that. Uh, for 12 years, I didn't get to see uh, my wife or my kids that much because I was working 18 hours a day. And when somebody, someone introduced me to this new concept of um, getting whole food in a capsule, just kind of made sense to me after, you know, some negativity first, I have to admit, but um, started looking through research, found out it was possible. I was still working 18 hours a day, uh, but I was telling everybody they needed to start, using this product because it was the only thing that actually gave me constant energy. I had no idea that it had other benefits to it, like, you know, maintaining good health, um, you know, like keeping your immune system strong, all these different things. I mean, today we've got, I think we're over a couple dozen scientific uh, studies, uh, independent studies that are peer-reviewed. They call that the gold standard of research. Well, basically, our business took off. And it really wasn't a business, to be honest with you, but, but um, it became a business. It, became to, it got to the point where I said to Carolyn that uh, we, we, should, we should quit our glass company and get into this other business. And she was first looking at me like I'm crazy. you Are going to take on more work? <laughs> well, it just, yeah,
4: it just meant that he would be, uh, I saw it, uh, a way more. And, uh, and it represented risk
0: to me. But, but I knew that if uh, this company was, uh, I think at that point right now, it's, what, 44 years old, um, so it was like 22, you know, stood the test of time. And, and they had a proven track record, and I knew that if we did this and we started supporting others, which is what we're about anyway, that we could quit our glass company, get into this, and here it is. Uh, we've been living passive residually since 2001, I believe.
4: I think for me, um, um, did I cut you off Alan? I'm sorry.
0: Yeah. Um, Go ahead. So, so it did. It actually gave me time back with uh, which is really all I wanted, to be honest with you. I've never done this full time. Uh, I pretty much have vowed, vowed to say that I never would do it full- time, even though everybody you know says this is what you need to do. Right. But I want to be able to spend time with my kids and my wife and have my freedom back. And I'm very grateful to, to NSA or the Juice Plus company for giving me that opportunity. It took us, uh, Carol and I, about four years to become the top leadership in the company. They call us uh, national marketing directors. So we're out there just helping people. It's just, it's just a beautiful lifestyle. And for me, uh, you know, as
4: a woman, and you have two kids, and Alan says, oh, Carolyn, we're going to – start taking these fruits and vegetables, and I was already taking 27 vitamins at a time at his, (laughs) you know, and I thought, okay, well, here's the condition. I was a little bit skeptical. You put it in my hand every day because I'm not going to remember. I don't want to take the other vitamins because I I like the idea of the whole food, but uh, and don't tell me what it's going to do for me because I didn't want it to be psychosomatic. So I was... A little skeptical, and I wanted security. when he said you want to do this as a business. A woman wants to know that, you know it, it, there's some security there, especially with kids. And yes, uh, at times you really, like Alan, just really believed, and, and as, a wa- as a wife, I had to give my my husband like this permission, allow him to take the risks and go with him, and, and the, remember I said risk versus reward. He was saying that the reward would be worth the risks, which was, you know, you're kind of going into somewhat of an unknown, but not really. And all it took was applying his tenacity that he's always had, and it really did change our lives for the better, and I'm, I'm grateful to him for that.
0: And today we have, we have businesses throughout the United States, Asia, North America. It's just amazing to think that just talking to one person could actually develop into such an amazing business.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, now, if people want to, uh, you know, learn more about your business online, how would they uh, they contact you? Where would they go? What's your website?
0: Uh, ArmingChampions.com is our platform. Is where we've launched ourselves. Our uh, Tower Garden, the grow tower that that everybody in the world should be using, but right now they're only in North America. Is is uh, the com. So T H E T O W E R G-A-R-D-E-N-S dot com.
2: Okay. And, Alan, I know you've got a uh, social media presence. Um, uh, you you seem to be very open to people communicating with you. So, um, you know, people, you you invite them to contact you on Twitter and Facebook if they have questions.
0: Absolutely. Yes. My my Twitter is, uh, did I say it right yes. now? <laughs> I always say it wrong. He
4: said, you did, you said it right. <laughs> keep going, honey, keep going. You did it it's, right.
0: It's pulling Popeye. Yep. And then my social media, uh, I have to say, is packed. It's. Uh, they, they I don't should, think you can allow look,
4: any more friends on
0: Facebook. Yeah, right? uh, they it, it maxed out, and one of them is almost about to be maxed out. So just if they could just go to the Alan Fisher fan page, I'd really appreciate that because I have no more room for people.
2: <laughs> 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 That's a good thing, though, Alan.
4: Well, it's uh, funny you know, because we were, at, we were at Costco the other day, and, and I, I was just in a really great mood, and Alan was in a great mood, and we had people coming up, oh, you're the guy at Game of Arms, you know, and taking pictures. It's kind of a, a, a fun trip, you know. But uh, I love that Alan has always got his feet grounded, you know. He, he doesn't have the ego, and I appreciate that about him. Well, I looking. For,
2: for, go ahead, Alan. I'm sorry cut you off.
0: They're always looking for opportunities to, to meet and talk with people, I'm not sure that this thing will ever get to my head because it would distract me if it did. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I want to thank you both so much for being
2: on today. Um, I also want to say that um, we have a number of questions that people have written in. We were not able to get to them today. Would you guys be interested in being on again and and going through some of these questions that uh, our listeners have? We'd be honored. Uh, Thank you very much. Well, again, I want to thank you both for being on. I think that uh, this was a really great show. There's a lot that people can learn from you guys. And, um, you know, I appreciate what you've done, not only for the sport, but um, the way that you've portrayed yourself uh, on the show, it uh, it gives a lot of hope to people. And a lot of people, um, you know, in the business world, in sports, young kids growing up, um, you know, there's a lot of lessons that can be learned from you guys. So uh, I appreciate what you do.
0: Yeah, and you know what? I just want to say we're very grateful, Peter, for the opportunity. And, uh, you know, like I said, our platform is armingchampions.com, and we love going out there teaching the lessons of life to people, coaching people, mentoring people. That's what we feel that we're being led to. So, you know, people can hire us to come out and actually do some talks for them.
2: Yeah, and I think it's a really good thing that, that people should do. Um, you know, I'm going to put, obviously, links to your sites in the show notes, um, but I, I would absolutely encourage – I've been to the site, I've seen it, um, and I, I think it would be a, a great opportunity uh, for schools and businesses, uh, you know, especially businesses, to, uh, to contact Alan and Carolyn because there's so much that you can learn and adapt from Alan's life uh, into a business model, and so uh, I absolutely encourage everyone – uh, who wants to learn more about overcoming adversity and positivity in the way of a champion, that, that you go to the site and that you give them a call and have them come out, because I, I think you would, would greatly benefit from it. So uh, I'll make sure that all the links are in the show notes, guys.
0: Thank you so much, oh, Peter. We we'll look terrific. forward to talking to you later on. A have great, a great
2: day.
4: You're a great interviewer, right. Peter. Well,
2: thank you very much, both both of, of you, for being on. And, and we'll contact you shortly, because... We have so many questions, and we just unfortunately couldn't get to them all, uh, but thank you again, and and right. good luck in your uh, your upcoming uh, match, and uh, we'll be in contact.
4: Take care. Yeah. Uh, that was great. Thanks so Bye-bye. much.
2: Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, so we just had uh, Alan and Carolyn Fisher, um, and obviously uh, an unscheduled surprise uh, uh, Colin from uh, Andrew Cobra Rhodes, and uh, fans of the show obviously know who he is. Fans, fans of arm wrestling know who he is. I think there's a lot that we could take from uh, today's show. Uh, Alan has a, a, a winning uh, view of life, so does Carolyn. They're very positive in what they do. Uh, they, they see challenges instead of problems. They see ways of overcoming adversity as opposed to um, you know giving into it. And I think we can learn so much from them um, as as people and as uh, as, as businesses. Um, you know, I'll go back to what I said at the top of the show. A business is a thing, but businesses are made up of people. And if you want to succeed in business, you've got to succeed as a person. And I think that um, the way that Alan and Carolyn live their lives, the way that, that, that they um, have, have learned to live as champions, whether it's from From eating properly to focusing and training, and we didn't even get into the training element with Alan. We touched on it briefly um, and and hopefully that you know when they come back we can we can go through this with them. But Alan's training's ridiculous. it's you know consistent training and and that's what's made him a champion. his physical um, you know strength is because he he constantly pushes forward, and that's a really great lesson for us to learn. When you want something badly enough, it doesn't just fall into your lap. You have to work for it, and anything that Alan and Carolyn have have received in this life, they have worked for, uh, and the same with Cobra. So, I want to thank everybody for for joining me today. Uh, I'd like to thank again, Alan, Carolyn Fisher, and Cobra Rhodes. Thank you for calling in. Don't forget, we'll be back Monday with Understanding the Law Week in Review with my co-host, Bob Hughes, Uh, And we have a lot of interesting uh, topics coming up this Monday, so join us for that. Until then, remember that there's power in understanding the law.